Hey, it's Book Circle Online. Today we're here with Allison Winscott, author of In 20 Years, so stay tuned. This is Book Circle Online, featuring in-depth discussion, insight, news, and commentary on all the world's leading book titles and their authors. And now, Book Circle Online. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Book Circle Online. I'm Jeffrey Masters, your host, and I'm here today with Allison Wynn-Scotch. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks of for course. having me. Yeah, definitely. Great Her new book is called In 20 Years, and it comes out tomorrow. Yeah. There are a lot of twists and surprises in the book, so we're going to try yeah, our best not to give away spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's hard to talk about without I know. sort of giving some things away. Yeah, but. so we'll try our best, but yeah. the night is young. Who knows what happens? <laughs> We'll see. We'll warn everybody. Yeah. (laughs) Turn down your computer. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, So the book centers around adult friendships. Yes. Which is something that I spend a lot of time thinking about Mm -hmm. just because they're so complex. For sure. As the book also like demonstrated. (laughs) I mean, they're, they're just complicated. And then also starting a new friendship. Like we never learn how to do that in life. You know, it's an interesting thing, particularly as I was writing the book, to really reflect on who my closest friends are in adulthood. And some of them are still from college, but a lot of them um, are people I met, I have children through preschool, or, you know, people who maybe I have more in common with now than um, the foundation that I had in college. And so um, it was something that I really gave a lot of thought to. And I think what you see in this book is these old friends come together and discover that maybe they don't have the common ground that they had when you're 20 and living in a house together, which is really what unifies you. Yeah. There. And also for four years, your lives are in the exact same place. Exactly. And you're going to class. You don't need to make plans. You're going to see them tomorrow. That's right. And so I, I do think, and again, I say this with great love for some of my college friends who, I mean, I'm still in touch with and certainly still um, very tied to, but some of your college friendships are certainly sort of based in that location and that moment in time. And then when you go out into the adult world through work or through your children or, you know, through your hobbies, that may be when you find some other deeper friendships who maybe you have more in common with. Yeah, of course. And then as you have kids, that complicates things more. Well, it, yeah, I mean, it complicates things, but I've made some of my best friends through my children, which is, you know, really nice. You have that in common. And then I have friends who don't have children and that's fine too. But there may be some differences there that you have to work yeah. out um, for everyone. I know. So. I'm always amazed just at how different um, my lives are between my college friends. Yeah. Like, I have one that is, like, living in a hippie commune, and, like, she eats dinner on a bus in Oregon. Good for her. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. Or... Well, I mean, each their own, and they live in that life. Yeah, it's not my life. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then I have other ones that are, like, homeowners and raising children. Right. And well, then there's me. <laughs> well, I think particularly as we've sort of extended our adolescence into adulthood, um, there becomes that divide, like the people who had children early and the people who push it off into like their late 30s, 40s. And that's sort of that tenuous, weird ground that I think I tried to pick up on in the book. Like, where do you find the common ground when you had this old foundation and you've all changed a lot? Yeah. So, um, and, you know, it's certainly something that, that I think everybody, as you move through your adulthood into middle life, and I guess beyond, I haven't passed middle life, fortunately yet. But um, hopefully you will. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> knock on, knock on glass. So yeah, yeah. It, it was so interesting too, just how everybody wants you to think that their life is perfect. 
And they're trying yeah. to convince you and themselves of it. Yes. Well, I think that is something that social media has obviously really given rise to. And it's something that I touch on in the book because it's something I think about a lot. Um, just the role that social media plays in our lives and whether it's better or worse um, and whether, whether we're better or worse off for it. I mean, yeah. I, I should say that I think that there's some negative themes in social media in the book but i think that there's a lot of positive things about social media too so it's just sort of i just feel like you got to be cognizant of it and use it in moderation and not i don't know i'm very wary of the overcompensating on like facebook and you know it just makes me uncomfortable so yeah And, and that was just such a big theme of the book too just one's expectation for their life yes versus the reality of how it turned out yes and i think well i think that's something that a lot of us struggle with privately um but then when you add in social media to the mix um i think that a lot there can be not a lot of times there can be a real disconnect between what people project into the world and what's going on privately and i think that that's hard for that person um i it it can't be healthy and it makes me sad yeah um and i think it can also be hard for other people who are struggling and think that, you know, there's sort of this perception of perfection out there. And I just think it's ridiculous. Like we all have problems and we all, you know, go through things. And I'm not sure where along the way we came up with this idea that we have to project perfection. So, um, I think possibly we've always felt that way, but now we have a venue for it. That's probably true. That's probably true. Like even, you know, you think back to like, in the 60s like you think of madman and like betty draper and i just it, she just popped into my mind like there is sort of i think that that's true um and i guess maybe now it's just very um it's it's out there and overt and in your face and yeah it's, i don't know it's something i think about a lot yeah and then annie is the chronic yeah tweeter the, and poster right, uh, chronic instagrammer yeah it was so it, it almost was like a um like a multiple personality disorder. She's navigating being in person in these complicated relationships. Yep. And then she's simultaneously posting on Facebook. What a, what a great time it is. But don't you feel like you see that? Like, yeah, you see the people. Um, and I say this with, I mean, I really, I'm like not a judgmental person. Like I'm not trying to say this with judgment, but you see people where you feel like there must be something else going on. And sort of the, over filtering and I mean that in a not just in terms of the image but the the general sense and I just feel like it must give rise to something else that's going on behind them and that's really where Annie came from like the people who um sort of have these um just overly perfect you know overly manicured feeds yeah and I think I think it's so apparent too for me when people are in relationships and like how much they post or don't post. Yeah. It's like, look, they're the perfect person. I promise. My husband, I like, I'm always like, Oh yeah, that one down the tubes. And my husband's like, you're crazy. (laughs) No, I'm on your side. It's like the couple pictures. and You're like, I get it. You're dating somebody. That's right. I mean, I, yeah. And then you get to make the announcement that you broke up. Yeah. Or, <laughs> you know, divorce or whatever it is. And, um, I mean, and sometimes of course there aren't signs and sometimes there are, but, um, you know, that's just what makes me uncomfortable with the whole thing. Like, let's just try to be real and yeah. not, uh, but you know, everybody handles it differently. Of course. But, yeah. We had a yeah. author in here, um, 
it was quite a while ago, but I'm um, Lauren Miller. Oh, She's yeah. a YA writer. Uh-huh. And she um, talked about how she was staring at this gorgeous sunset. And it was, I think it's in like a weird setting, like the Beverly Center or something. Yeah. But like the city's covered in oranges and pinks and purples. And she's looking around to try to connect with somebody right. to share it. And everyone's just taking pictures. Well, that's one thing that makes me uncomfortable. I mean, not uncomfortable. Like people, again, welcome to live their lives how they want to yeah. live them. But I do feel like... Uh, you know, I have kids and they're starting to get online um, in terms of social media. And I feel like if you're so busy taking these pictures and so busy posting updates, you can't really be connected to your lives or your kids, in my opinion. Yeah. And so uh, it just, it makes me nervous. Um, Like, I don't know, you don't have to post seven pictures a day. Like, how can you be connecting with life outside of you? Yeah. Um, So that just sort of all went into the book my thoughts on it and um and and again I actually love social media I love Facebook I love keeping up with my friends and seeing all their triumphs and the good news and their children like it actually makes me very happy um it's just I don't know it's a slippery slope right now I feel like so yeah I sort of wanted to examine that yeah of course and too with the like expectation versus reality that you have for your own life I feel like you have it for your friends lives sure but yeah, sorry, go on. No, no, please. I, you do, but like, don't you feel like if you're going to have an authentic friendship, like you need to sort of peel back some of the layers and see some of the BS? Like, yeah. I just feel like, I, okay, like I get that you're on these ridiculous vacations, but like that's not real life. Mm-hmm. So I just like, I enjoy the nitty gritty. Like, again, I love seeing people's good news and it genuinely makes me so happy and proud that I know these people. I mean, I really... I feel pride when I scroll through my feed and see these amazing people whom I happen to be connected to. But I also feel like um, to have an authentic friendship, like you have to let somebody in. And if you're always yeah. posting or putting up this perfection, I and, don't know. and that's why Annie kind of broke my heart. You know, it's been 18 years since she's seen her friends. Yeah. And they, they haven't communicated that much. Yeah. It no, is not been the relationship they Catastrophic wanted. fallout. Yeah. And she, uh, obviously, like, the initial meeting of everybody again is yeah. going to be like a lot of high stress and all she can do is give everybody compliments and like stuff. <laughs> well, that's, you know, I think that, I think there's that risk of just sort of losing yourself to this inauthentic experience. And Annie is so neurotic and she's meant to sort of be the heart of the book. Um, and, and, really break your heart in some ways, but hopefully rebuild it a little bit towards oh, the end. Yeah. Um, but I, I, you know, I, th- I think that that that's possible when you sort of put up these walls. It's really difficult to have authentic experiences in real life, too. Yeah. And I often wonder, too, like how fun was like X party you went to if you were posting the entire time? Well, like, what were you doing? Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. That is that is my point. Yeah. So but I mean, again, I think that some people find a lot of joy in that and more power to them. It's yeah. just not my personal speed. Of course. Would, so. would your friends from college be surprised at like where you ended up in your life as this best-selling writer? Um, I asked because, to, to cut you off, yeah. I asked because you were a history major and yeah. then you went to Wharton School of Business, which well, is one I, of the most I, prestigious I places. To, I, I minored in Wharton while I was at college. I didn't oh, go, I didn't oh, go for graduate school. Oh, um, you know, I take it back. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I mean, they totally anticipated this. No, um, I don't know. I mean, I have a lot of friends from college who are doing amazing things and again like as I said I love seeing their successes too so I don't really feel like 
Um, I, you know, I, I think when you've been in this business so, for a long time, you sort of maybe have a warped sense of how exciting it is because I don't find it particularly exciting. But um, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I do know that when I graduated college, I really didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. Um, it took me a few years to really, well, I really didn't start full-time writing until my late 20s, so more than a few years oh, wow. to figure out exactly what I was going to do and where I was going to go. And I I don't think that I would have anticipated, although I would have liked to have been a novelist, I certainly never had that um, sort of on my goal list oh, really? um, when I graduated. No. So, I mean, I was always a writer and... Um, I wrote for my high school and my and my paper at college, but when I graduated, to give you guys some perspective on how old I am, like the internet really wasn't around, and yeah. so the thought of being a writer when so much of our lives now are based on writing on the internet and finding jobs on the internet and you know articles, it was just sort of inconceivable. So I did have professors who told me I should do it, but I was just like, that's insane. So it really wasn't until my late twenties when I started figuring out my life and I don't know that would surprise my college friends yeah um but so when you in your late 20s was it I have the story and I have to write it or is it just no, I have to be a writer I and... was a magazine okay. writer for many years um sort of the all those how-to articles like for glamour and self and oh, all of those <laughs> yeah all of those that you read in the gym or whatever it is and after I'm not really sure four or so years I just so burned out like I just could not write another article yeah like I was I had like six deadlines a week and I just like I could write them in my sleep so um I was reading my alumni magazine and there was a novelist a few years ahead of me who was announcing maybe her second or third book and I read it and I was just like ah, like if she can do it why shouldn't I yeah like so I wrote a book um and it it got me an agent, but it didn't sell. And um, I mean, in retrospect, it was like really terrible. It was just a horrible novel. <laughs> and I'm grateful every day that it is yeah. not it has not been published. But um, I got some positive feedback from publishing houses, and that spurred me on to write what went on to become my debut. And I was still doing magazines at the same time to oh, wow. bring in the money. But um, so that's sort of how it all came to fruition. Funny. Which book was your debut? Uh, it was called The Department of Lost and Found. Oh, okay. So, um, it was, I mean, 10 years ago, maybe-ish. I read know. online that you wrote that you don't expect or care if anybody reads your books. Well... How is, I, I'm sure you care, but... <laughs> okay. I mean, you want your book to sell. <laughs> like, don't, people, go buy my book. But, yeah. <laughs> don't buy my <laughs> yeah, book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, stay away. There's so many other better books out there. But... No, what I mean by that is people are busy and I feel like among like my parenting friends or e even my Twitter feed, people are always like, oh, I, I haven't had a chance to. And of course, it's nice if people take the time to read your book. But at the same time, like we can still be friends like, I, you know, but I just yeah. mean people's lives are busy and my life is busy and I don't read every book that I want to read. Um, oh, God, I have like nine. On my right. Well, well, that's what I mean. So I don't want people to feel like they have to apologize to me if they can't read my books. Okay. I mean, I, I know, really, I probably have very good friends who have not read my books. And it's it's fine. People are busy. No, I really, no, mean, I know I really mean. mean it. Well, I know what you mean, because like the longer I do this, the more good friends I meet in who are authors. Right. And when I do read their books, it's, oh, my God. Well, that's, I'm like very legitimately, deeply appreciative of 
anybody who picks yeah. up my book, you know, whether it's my closest friend or like my husband or I mean, anybody who reads any book of mine, yeah. uh, it's sort of astonishing. I, and I, I truly mean I, I truly mean that not because I don't think that they're good, but because people are, are really busy now. Yeah. And, and I get that. So, yeah, really busy, even though it's not reflected in their Twitter feeds. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. They're too busy selfing. But yeah, um, that's I okay. mean, I, and I think one of the questions that you pose on the book is just about how happy is like happy enough. Right. Because no one is entirely like content with their lives. And I think I, 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 I love how you say that. Um, and I do think that that's something that um, you really or I really think about or thought about as I got older and approached 40, um, like, when are you just content? Like, when do you stop sort of chasing the carrot that's dangling in front of you without thinking about if you actually want the carrot? And that certainly, I felt that with my career as my kids got older. Like, people were like, oh, you should go do screenwriting. And I thought about it, and I was like, you know what? Like, I'm satisfied. Like, I just... I've sort of, I feel like I've proven myself and what matters to me now is proving things to myself, as cliche as that sounds. And, yeah. I, and I think that that's, I, I do think that that's sort of like the American struggle, like how happy do you have to be? And when do you just sit back and say, you know what, I feel like I have enough. And that's, I'm cool with that. Yeah. So, and each character is struggling in that. Yeah. I know that it's like a question that I've posed for myself. Like we have like, let's say X goal. Mm -hmm. And it's like, how long can I work to reach it before I figure out that it might or might not be reachable? Right. And then let's say I reach it and then what? Right. Well, that, I think that certainly, um, well, I was going to say a struggle with people in the creative field, but I also think it's a struggle with people in terms of like earning money. Like how much money do you need? Um, And I, I felt that my second book, really took off um and hit the times list and i mean just by circumstance it, it, it really did well for me and it changed my career and then afterwards i was like how do i replicate this and it was really um as i don't know sort of futile as it sounds now it was really stressful for me to say i don't know that i can top that and um i really struggled with my third book after that and i just sort of as the years went on had to come make peace with it like maybe you never top it and maybe that that is what it is yeah and so I just started writing for myself and it really made me happier Mm -hmm. um to just come to peace with like write what you want to write make yourself you know gratify yourself with that and be okay with however else it does and maybe that's part of my attitude like read my books or not, I still like you. Yeah. It's all good. I'll still write that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was just so interesting, too, because every character, some are really incredibly successful mm-hmm. at the top of their fields. Some are just, um, I don't want to say just parents. Some are yeah. parents without yeah. careers. Mm-hmm. Um, and nobody, everyone thinks the other person has, like, it. Right. And the but single don't you, guy. But don't yeah. you feel that sort of in the world? Like, a lot of, like, I do think a lot of people look at other people and think that they have more than them. Whereas the other person might be looking at them yeah. thinking that they have more. And it's not often that you sit back and just think, mm. <laughs> I got it. Yeah. I mean, and also, like, I know that all my friends' relationships are like, oh, you're young, you're single, like, yeah. that's awesome. And I'm like, yeah, but, like, I'd like to settle down, like, you know, well, if I met somebody. Well, often always greener. Of and And I, I think um, particularly a little bit, as you mentioned, you know, just stay-at-home parents, I think um, – in the parenting world, there's a lot of that push-pull between working parents and 
parents who stay at home and I think everybody should do what they want and I you know try to be very clear about that even though some of the well I think there are a lot of unhappy characters with whatever choice they make with parenting in this book but I do think that there's you know the working moms wish that they could stay home and the stay-at-home moms are bored and um there is a lot of grass is always greener just in life and these characters definitely yeah. Definitely go through that. And and while the grass is always greener, I don't think you walk around all day thinking about it. No, but you know? I you know, it might just be sort of the seed of discontentment that's yeah planted in you and um can either spur you to make choices that change your life or just spur you to be unhappy. And um that's definitely what, you know, particularly Owen who for listeners or viewers, he's a stay at home dad and his wife is very successful. Um but neither of them are happy with the situation. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess it just becomes like what you're going to do about it. And that's. Or not and be okay with it. Right. Exactly. Or not. and be, That's right. To make a choice and that, know you've made a choice. That's right. And I think that that's true in marriage as well. You know, not everybody is blissfully happy. Um, but maybe you figure out that that's you stay you you know you make it work for the kids or you choose to leave or you you know figure out how to make it better but those are really your choices yeah so i just say i really appreciate that uh lindy you never label her her as bisexual but she dates men and women yeah i really appreciate like the nonchalant nature of just her storyline well Thank yeah. you. I mean, isn't it? I mean, yeah, I don't know. Is, I live in it, Santa Monica. I feel like isn't it not so well, from North Carolina. <laughs> no, I get it. I, I mean, I get it. I mean, I I do think though that, um, you know that that's a storyline without giving too much away. Where um, we talked about it, and I had sort of written her more casually in love with another character. And my editor, to her credit, said, I really think this is what's happening with her. Can you draw it out? And when she pointed that out, I was like, you know what? Totally, you're right. Oh, really? Um, but it wasn't something where I wanted to hit people over the head with it. Yeah. You know, because I don't think that she would hit people over... I don't think it... Well... And also, like, know. in this day and age. Yeah. You know, it just was, like, a fresh take, and it stood out Thank to you. me because... Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. It stood out to me because I didn't think that, like, it should have been anything different. Right. Well, thank you very much. I mean, and I agree with that. <laughs> um, you know, it's... Um, she's a complicated character, and um, I know that some people don't like her. I actually... She was probably my favorite character to write um, because she's not so likable, but I feel like she's, if you really sort of dig past a lot of her hard edges, Mm -hmm. she has a lot of love there and that's the place that it came from. Like all of her poor decisions came from, you know, love for a female character or love for a male character, whatever it it was. I'm not yeah. saying the names. Just no, of I course. I, I mean, I don't know if that's a spoiler or not. Yeah. Um, no, and I never actually like thought like, oh, I hate this character just because I felt like it was like a child acting out. And I was that's, like, she just needs a hug. That's such a great analogy. But that is what she needed. Like, she needed yeah. actually almost like a literal hug. Yeah. And, you know. Um, but, well, thank you. She uh, She's a complicated woman. But um, I'm glad to hear that it came off as real yeah of course why was it important to have the house of uh the roommates be men and female well i just felt like well to start out to start out with i did live in a house it was with all women um like this at penn and that's really the only um 
true thing about the book from my experience because I went to Penn and I just assumed it's all real. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like I've had to email you know, like some no. college friends. Like none of it's real. Don't worry. Um, I ask because it's unusual. Yeah. Um. Although I was really happy that you gave us the origin story. Yeah. Just explaining like the circumstances. Well, I you know I feel like in college you do form those friendships both with men and women, which um probably are not you're not able to form once you get married or move on to adult relationships i mean i have some really good male friends like some from high school but my male friends now are spouses of yeah. uh, you know of my my closest friends yeah you're not going to um, call them to get right, a drink exactly um so i just i don't know i guess i just wanted to explore the dynamic between men and women um who maybe once were sort of in love or in lust with each other and how that would come into play now. Um, I was going back to my own college reunion around that time. Um, and most of us are married and, you know, are obviously faithful or whatever it was. But they're still like, oh, my God, I'm going to see so-and-so whom I haven't seen in 20 years, even though you see him on Facebook or, or on <laughs> Facebook or whatever it is. So I just wanted to heighten that, I guess, because it's interesting to explore dynamic between men and women, yeah. whether they're 20 or 40 and particularly some of them are single and some of them are not and some of them are happily married and some of them are not so um you know just figuring out how they deal with the feelings that maybe they had when they were 20 when they're 40 when I think all of us can look back and not you know at a time in our life and not realize that it was that long ago and have those feelings come up very easily like if you see an ex online yeah. you're like oh my god and like <laughs> I'm like, what you know that that happens. Yeah, like how's so, my profile picture? Right, that's, true, that's right. I mean, I haven't seen this guy in 15 years. But. Yeah, and it's so you're like figuring out just like friendships during college, and a lot of yeah. those lines blur. That's right, especially with alcohol. Well, that's and right. A lot of alcohol and like late nights and yeah. sleeping over. You know, one thing that in the house that I lived in, like we were always sort of coming and going, and somebody wasn't sleeping over. If somebody was, you know, it yeah. was just sort of. Um, I don't know that that's college. And so I wanted to bring a little bit of that back into um, their life now at 40 and how that would feel. Um, and some of them find it like sort of revolting, like I'm an adult now, let's behave like adults. And some of them regress very easily back to when they were 20. And I saw that at my college reunion. Yeah, It's like so, black and white. Yeah. You know, like we're 20 or we're 40 and yeah. I just went to New York and where like most of my college friends yeah. live and it was black and white <laughs> of like my friends who are like grown and mature and it's like lovely having adult conversations right. and the ones who like can't pay bills and they're like, <laughs> you know, like holding credit cards and like how to right. swipe them. You're like, right. wait. Well, I, yeah. I mean, and I'm always amazed that, first of all, I'm amazed that like I'm this old, like, you, but, but you know, like you look back and you're like, how did that time go? Right. That I feel like I was just in college, but then. Like my friends who are like you were saying, are they impressed that you're a writer? I have friends who are doctors and things like that, and that blows my mind because I feel like we're still 25 yeah. and um, not capable of saving a life or whatever it is. But um, yeah, so I, I wanted to put them back in that position where they had to make choices that they would have made in college and experience some of the feelings that they would have, you know, yeah. felt from back then. And that's fun to read about, like the hesitation. Yeah, so. <laughs> well. There are lines that are blurred, and I think that that's true with people from your past. Um, you know, it can get murky, particularly if you're happy or unhappy and drunk or really yeah. drunk, So, as some of these characters might be. Yeah. 
In, in the writing process, you're switching between the character mm-hmm. points of view. Was that difficult? You know, it's the first time I'd ever done that. Most of my other books had been written in first person, and I actually really loved it. Um, it just gave me a chance to... Um, First of all, it gave me a chance to take a break from sort of being in somebody's brain and move on to a different mm-hmm. brain, which was fun. But it also, I think, gave me insights and compassion to the, for the other characters um, because I could see things from all of their perspectives. Yeah. Um, so that's why when I say like Lindy, I, I have a lot of compassion for her, even though I know that people might find her might sort of be turned off by her or, or you know, whatever yeah. that would be. So I really enjoyed it. I'd always wanted to write male characters. Um, so that was fun. Um, I, yeah. Maybe I wasn't turned off by Lindy because I do live in L.A. Yeah. And I see how fame can just like F well, people I, up. Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised, but I have... Because I re- I really like her. Like, I feel yeah. sort of this kinship with her. Um, but I, you know, I, I don't... I try not to read a lot of reviews, but I have seen some where like, oh, that Lindy, but, you no, know. But also I don't think people often realize, and to grossly generalize, yeah. like how um, annoying Finn can be when you're just going to the grocery store to buy right. a carton of eggs. I, th- I think that that's true. And I think, you know, I know some people here who are, who deal with that. And I think it can really screw with you. And, um, and I think that you can be a lovely person and still be really... Yeah. affected in a negative way by that um and it, it can be hard which yeah. isn't to say it's they're not amazing perks right but yeah and even if you're not recognized you're like waiting to be recognized that, that's right you know There's attention <laughs> yeah and i mean i live in santa monica right by the brentwood country mart where they're always like they're paparazzi waiting and yeah. you see people sort of being hassled and it doesn't seem like a fun way of life when you just want to like walk out in a baseball hat and yoga pants and you know that your pictures to be taken and yeah. publicized. And so that's sort of the, how I was approaching her. And also I think she's really lonely and I, um, I have empathy for that. So that's, mm-hmm. you know, but I really, I liked writing all of them. Yeah, totally. So. And in, in speaking of like the writing process, yeah, I, I get that the inspiration for the book, um, came from your your life yeah. um, very loosely. Uh, yeah. And I get like how that can inspire a story and plot, but within the process itself, um, like I think Catherine has the daughter who uh, was stung by the bee. Yeah. She's allergic. Yeah. And that that's story... actually a true story. That one I took from my real life. Oh, really? But go on. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, okay. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. well, I was going to ask because um, that story informed a lot about the characters, yeah. but had it been removed, the plot would not have changed an ounce. So like, where yeah. did those small things come from? That's such a good question. Those just come from, I am very interested in character development. And for me as a writer, like if somebody doesn't like the book, I really, I don't take it personally. Like we all have our own subjective taste, but if I were to read a review that said, I feel like she didn't develop these characters, I would probably be upset with myself, not with mm-hmm. the reviewer. But um, I just like to really dig really deep and, you know, infuse the books with those little moments. Um, in that scene, her daughter gets stung and her husband deals with it and she's sort of she's changing her her son's diaper um and my daughter did get stung in a pool in florida um so that's sort of where that that came from but um i just think that you know maybe this goes back to like sort of the glossing of life on social media but i just think it's those little moments in your life that really um tell the most about your character and like i think of that 
driving in LA, like the people who are kind enough to sort of wave you into traffic, um, which is something that I try to do more often because somebody did it for me once and I was late to one of my kids' games. And if he hadn't let me in, I would have totally missed the exit. And like, I think about this man who I have no idea who he was all the time that he I would have missed my kid's game. He would have been so upset with me, blah, blah, blah. This guy just let me into traffic. That's so funny. And so it's like little moments like that where I think that tells a lot about their character. So that's why I think I um, try to, you know, include them as yeah. much as possible. No, I like now that. Now you're like, well, oh, God, I didn't let that guy into traffic today. Well, no, I'm just thinking about like, as long as I get like the wave of thank you, yeah. I am okay. Okay, I get really mad when people, when I'm like, go ahead, and then they just veer in and yeah. they don't wave. That that irritates me. Although I will say that, um, I think it's like Hollywood and Highland on the Franklin exit right yeah. before it. There's that line, it's long, and people cut in all the time. I that would never let mad. a single okay. person in. If you're driving all the way up to the exit they have and to you learn, know, oh no, if, right? if you've like gone through, there's a line, half a mile, no, that's different but like if you're just trying to get over and traffic's moving and, i completely agree you know and i had almost missed this exit and i would have had to drive like and you know to the next exit <laughs> and traffic and the guy let me in and i mean it was months ago and i still think about it i'm like that must be a good person it's funny those small parts yeah too. i love that yeah so now i let people in except <laughs> when they're trying to come out. i know except they have to learn their lesson yeah, and no, i'm here I to agree teach with it you. i agree with you i feel that way about people texting too where i'm like honking at them and i'm like you gotta learn i hope you get into an accident i mean i don't but you need to learn your right. lesson oh you heard it here first mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> i don't wish that people get into an accident i don't but they need to learn their lesson of course yeah. uh, what is coming up next for you any other books in the works um i have another book due in two months oh, so wow. first draft uh, yeah. Wow. Uh, so my kids are at sleep boy camp right now. So I have told myself that I will write every day, which I have not done, but, um, it's three quarters of the way done. So, okay. uh, I have to cool. finish that. Okay. And then I have to ask yeah. a couple years ago, uh, uh, you sold a theory of opposites at yeah. Jennifer Garden's production yeah. company. Any like movement on that? You know, Hollywood is so weird. Right. I mean, you know, you live here. It's one of those things where I was just really happy that it got, the notice that it did um and you know it looks like there's some film interest in this one which again would just be i I don't know you i feel like that's like the cherry or whatever it is just to have people excited about it i I don't know that anything will ever happen Mm -hmm. i went through that with my second book where it was like years and years and i was sort of young and naive and i was like any day now yeah (laughs) go to the movies (laughs) three years later like any day now Uh, yeah that's a recurring theme we hear (laughs) yeah that's right i mean but uh she is lovely and um she's a big reader and i sort of wrote the part of annie for her with her in mind and um oh wow so you know you never know Oh, interesting. Mm. A little pandering. Oh, no, my God. No. <laughs> yeah, you're like, mm, let me think that. Oh, my God. Well, this was so much fun. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. My pleasure. Of course. Anytime. Um, great. Where can everybody find you on, is it Twitter, do you prefer, your website? Um, yeah, I'm on Twitter at ASWIN, and um, I'm on Facebook at Allison Wynn Scotch. And, I, you know, I do want to say I get nothing from them, but there's a new app. It's called The List, or List, L I period st yeah and it's a really cool app it's like for a lot of creative really interesting people it's a really positive um i don't know it's just a fun 
app. Um, PJ Novak started it. Right. Um, I get nothing from them, I, but I'm on there a lot, and I enjoy oh, okay. it. So um, I'm at ASWIN there, too. ASWIN. Yeah. On list. Cool. Yeah. Well, I will check you on there. Yeah. Right yeah, cool. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. All right, guys. We will see you next week. Until then, you can find all of our content and more on YouTube, iTunes, and of course, bookcircleonline.com. Goodbye. From managing editor Jason Squamata, executive producers Maria Menunos, Phil Svitek, and Kevin Undergaro, we would like to thank you for tuning in to Book Circle Online. For more discussion, go to bookcircleonline.com. And if you have comments, questions, or book title suggestions, write us at info at bookcircleonline.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this is Book Circle Online. BCO, join the circle.